And welcome to Tinfoil Hat. Today's episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Father's Day is just around the corner. Are you trying to find the perfect gift for Father's Day? Does dad love the grill but hate the hassle and the poor quality of the grocery store? What better way to kick off grilling season than by gifting an Omaha Steaks Father's Day package to dad? That's right. I've got them, uh, even though Ryan is a vegetarian. But my family are strictly carnivores, so this works out good for me. So, yeah. So, Ryan saw the pa- a giant package came. We opened it, and this is the second year in a row we've worked with Omaha Steaks. And it is amazing, man. Omaha Steaks got some great stuff. Omaha Steaks delivers hand-trimmed Flash frozen and vacuum sealed meats directly to your door in an Omaha Steaks cooler. It's pretty cool. There's so much variety to it. Pork, poultry, veal, lamb, bison, seafood, vegetables. All the highest quality cuts with one of a kind flavor. All beef is U.S. DA inspected for quality and aged for 21 days to unlock the full flavor and tenderness of the cuts. Uh, Omaha Steaks even gives you the option to customize your cuts for your dad's grilling needs. Find recipes, wine pairings, etc., etc., etc. Man, it is awful. Right now, Omaha Steaks is giving a limited time offer to our listeners for Father's Day. That's right, 78% off. This is really an amazing deal. Go to omahasteaks.com, type tinfoil hat, that's all one word, in the search bar, and you can get this Omaha Steaks Father's Day package, which includes two filet mignon, two top sirloins, four chicken fried steaks, two boneless pork chops, four all beef patty Omaha Steaks burgers, four gourmet jumbo franks, 12 ounces of all beef meatballs, one pound of steak house fries, four caramel apples, one Omaha steak seasoning t- package, and a partridge in a pear tree, plus four more grilled Omaha steaks burgers free with purchase. Again, get this limited offer, $49.99 when you get Omaha steaks com. Type tinfoil hat in the search bar and Father's Day package to your cart. Don't wait. This offer ends soon. Go to omahasteaks.com. Top. Type tinfoil hat in the search bar and grab your dad and fire up. Boom! You want to check us out on all of our social media platforms on Twitter at Tinfoil Hat Cast, Reddit.com backslash R backslash Tinfoil Hat Show, on Instagram at Tinfoil Hat Pod, or all comedy t shirts.com. Email us at Tinfoil Hat Pod at gmail.com. Welcome back to another episode of Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Come with me into the waters of conspiracy. With Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Mr. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. With my friend Ryan Davis. Uh, hi, Ryan. We're like the first gay couple of conspiracy theories. I think it's beautiful, man. What about their partner? Say that again. It's some mystical, deep, dark realm crazy shit. Wake up, Aaron. There's reptile people everywhere. Hey, man, where's hey, the man. truth there, dog? Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Are you ready to get your mind blown? Revolution will be podcasted. Yeah, guys. Thank you for tuning in to another fun, festive, 
mystical episode of Tinfoil Hat. You know who we are. You know what we're here to do. We're here to pop minds like champagne bottles. Uh, real quick, we want to give a shout out to everybody in Northern California who came out in droves to support the show. Yes, you guys came out. We asked you for your support, and you guys showed up. All the Ronin packed it into the Cobbs uh, Comedy Club, man. I mean, we put almost 350 in there on a crazy-ass weekend, and then there was barely any seats left at the uh, Punchline Sacramento. We cannot thank you enough for your support. Uh, we're talking right now. Live Nation is interested in maybe doing some more shows, and if they don't want to, which I think they do, we'll just do it our own. We're talking to Texas right now. We're talking to Chicago. So it is all on like Szechuan, and it's all because you guys... Ryan, that was for your first kind of comedy tour. Oh, yeah. What was that like? Well, I feel like a rock star now, man. It's like Slayer. The first time I saw Slayer, I was actually getting sweated on by Kerry King, so now uh, I can never see them again. So yes, okay. If we ever go on tour and there's not more than just a droves of people, I will throw myself out a window. <laughs> yeah, it was great, man. Uh, I've been on both sides of this thing where it's like you do a ro- show and 20 people show up, and then you do a show and you know, like almost 400 people show up and... Uh, to be my age and have this stuff starting to happen is so beyond uh, anything I could ever ask for. And, uh, you know, you guys are spreading the word. If you guys want the shows to come near you, we got Keep Popping Minds. Tell your friends. If you know your friends love this stuff, tell more and more people. The more people listen, the easier it is for us to come all around and really drop some hammer. Eddie Bravo crushed it this weekend. Unbelievable, man. Is there anything he does that's not like he just submits everything? If he's he on stage, a, uh, you're going to laugh. That's what's going to happen. Dude, he really got in the flow. Tell him the funniest thing he said this week. What would what, what we say is we were driving? <laughs> we're, going from, uh, we're going from San Francisco over to Sacramento, and we took a little like countryside, and then there's just nice grass blowing, and there's some those cows, but those country cows that are brown and wooly. Yeah. And Eddie's looking out the window, and he goes, they think they're free. <laughs> I bet you those cows think they're free. And we died. We're like, yes, we all are conspiracy theorists. Yes. It was such a fun conversation because it couldn't go uh, far enough. Also, guys, uh, look real quick. Look up uh, our T-shirts real quick. It, so we'll get to that, and I'm going to introduce our guest. I want to thank uh, a cat, a listener named Brad Miller, who writes for the Advocate of Liberty. Okay, it's a, uh, it's a WordPress. And he was kind enough to write a really nice article about what this show means and uh, and all that stuff. So if you guys want to check it out, just go to the, the uh, Twitter, my Twitter, or the show's Twitter, Tinfoil Hatcast, and uh, I got a link up there. We just want to thank, again, Brad Miller for writing that amazing article. And uh, real quick, and we're going to bring in our guest. Here is, yeah, here are some of the new T-shirts we got out, guys. If you're watching on YouTube, the Tinfoil Hat Wu-Tang, that's now available in black. And uh, go to go to all things comedy t-shirts dot com backslash tinfoil hat podcast and uh, grab those shirts now. We really do appreciate it. With that, I'm very excited to welcome two of my friends to the show. Uh, they are kind of uh, both into the truth community. I don't know if they necessarily consider themselves uh, conspiracy theorists, but they tend to uh, try to. F- Spread the truth to those who uh, are interested in hearing it. Uh, they are part of a very cool comedy tour. We're going to get into that. Please welcome from the Jimmy Dore Show, Ron Placone, and the political vigilante, my good friend, Graham Elwood. Hey. Everybody. 
Hello. How are you guys? <laughs> Good, man. Thanks for sitting during our, uh, our pitch session we did right there. No, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. I was trying not to laugh during the, during, during the read. Cause we I, need all the laughs we can. <laughs> well, I, I, was, I was like, I wasn't brought in yet, and it's technically a read. I don't know if I can. I, maybe that's not a welcome I have a weird laugh, thing. I'm not sure. I figured it was cool, but I wasn't sure. So I you can always come in. I kept I just, it in. The biggest thing we do, because I have another podcast called Tinfoil Hat, and we've gotten in so much trouble because Punch drunk people... Punch uh, Yeah, yeah, excuse me. This one's Punch Tinfoil Hat, right? Yeah, right, right, right. right. Uh, so we have this other podcast, and they'll always say one thing that just should not have been said during the read. <laughs> right. And well, we, get, Shafir, we so. get an email, and I'm just like, so I have this weird, weird rule, like... Nothing during the read. Just bang the read out. But uh, I would love to get your feedback on my read of the read. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I'm illiterate, dude. I like I put words together, but you know, it's like just bang it out. That's my opinion. We're giving ad read notes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But they come back four weeks. I tell you, you do more reads, you do much better. You, got a special... you know, it made me laugh, and I'm hungry for steak. So yeah. I think you want it, man. Boom, you get it. Uh, first of all, tell us about your individual podcast, and then we'll get into your tour real quick. Um, well, Ron, you go first. All right, I'll go first. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Jimmy Dore Show, and then I also have my own thing called Get Your News On with Ron which is something I just started doing pretty recently. And basically I log on to a stream on YouTube and people tweet me what they want to talk about. Hmm. So it's like, uh, it's been called an improv news show. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really fun because people, yes, they tweet me interesting there's stuff. a deep state. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and it's fun. I mean, we have a subreddit now too, actually, which, which was, uh, I was really stoked about that. So I can check the subreddit and then just see what people left for me there and then just kind of go to whatever. Peer-to-peer news. Yeah. And it's just like, we just kind of make the show. And for me, it's usually my first time seeing the news because I do it at 10 a.m. Because, you know, I usually go to jimmy's right after so i just uh i haven't even seen the news yet and i'm like all right guys we're just riffing what's going on today yeah and we find out we usually like we we talk about a topic to start off and it'll sometimes it'll be something light uh like something punk rock related other times it'll be like what do we got to do about the democratic party right, <laughs> right. So, so it goes from top to heavy and everything in between i you love know? it dude and so. uh, that's on youtube yeah it's just on my youtube channel youtube.com slash ron placone all right cool what, what what's the uh, political vigilante been up to uh it's been awesome man i uh, it's been about how long since you've been on the show it's almost a year right it's been a year i think since i've been on this show well, you're always welcome you Thanks, guys are dude. both always welcome sorry we haven't had you back and since then and there's artwork now yeah this both place? you guys yeah. were when it was a, a, a baptist basement now it's uh well the band has been lift the band no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, no, man. So when I first came on a year ago, I, I was maybe three, four months into doing Political Vigilante, which I was inspired by Jimmy Dore, who I've known from Chicago for a million years. I was on his YouTube show uh, maybe six weeks after the election. And I hadn't talked to Jimmy in a couple years, and I just thought we were going to do his regular podcast around his kitchen table or whatever, and I see his setup, and at the time he had 100-some thousand subscribers, now he's got like 358,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, I saw what he was doing. And Jimmy inspired me because he goes, Graham, people are hungry for a guy like you. Because I lost my house as a result of Obama's policy. I voted yeah. for Obama twice. Yeah. And I just was like, I got to do something after the election. Just, I just couldn't. I couldn't play the game anymore. I couldn't play the like, well, we're the, the lesser to evil game. I couldn't listen to it. I couldn't listen to the neoliberal bullshit anymore. I just couldn't do it, man. And I like, I don't like Trump. I don't like him at all. Um, but 
the DNC, man, they're just, they're just, it's all bullshit. And I'm just like, they are set up to lose. It's, I, I, I get amazed that people still get upset with them when you're like, it's, they're meant to, they are set up to lose. They're the Washington generals. Yep. Yeah. And at least the Washington generals are entertaining. Yeah. yeah. We, they're <laughs> funny. You laugh after that, after that show. Mm-hmm, they have talent. Yeah. It's like, so I, I started doing political vigilante and it's literally me just like talking into my iPhone and I've got 9,400 subscribers. I love it, dude. And it's like, I love getting to the truth. Like you say, I'm just about, and now I just connect the dots and it's people are like, God, how do you, man, that sounds like it's so much research. I go, no, it's easy. Once you, once you figure it out, you're just like, oh, I ran Went uh, off the dollar to the euro. Oh, they're going to be weapons of mass destruction yeah, within yeah, 48 hours. Yeah, and there's Netanyahu yeah, yeah. with his PowerPoint going, there are bums, there are body. And it's like, there it is. It's just, it, it's so obvious now. And, and, and how I, do you handle the Israeli situation in, in this town in particular? You know, I just made a decision that I'm going to just go for the truth. And I'm sorry, you know. And I got friends with kids in the Israeli army. Yes. Right? So yes. I'm not. I I have friends that are vets. I, I mean, like I you know I, I know people who are Israeli that I'm good friends with. So I'm just I say I'm not. You got to just listen. To, I'm done listening to the nonsense, man. When people go, "Oh, Trump's awful," you know, look what he's doing, deporting all these people. Go, yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible what Trump's doing. It's racist. Obama deported two million people. Like yeah. I just I just the facts are the facts. Yeah. And I got fired last summer from a job I was supposed to do for this big movie review company, right? Because I do comedy film nerds. I'm a yeah, big film I rem- guy. I, that's a great podcast too. And um, and they fired me because of my Twitter feed. <laughs> and I was like, this is when I started to go, wow. I was maybe six months into doing Political Vigilante and we had started to see, Jimmy was pointing out to me, look, they're demonetizing videos that are about Yemen or Saudi Arabia or anything about the war machine, demonetized. And I was like, this is insane. And then they fired me and my Twitter feed was not like, fuck you, Trump, or anything. It was no swear words. It was calling out what had just happened was the California state uh, Demo- some of those California state Democrats had just voted down. They were trying to get single payer health care in the state of California. Yeah. Anthony Rendon voted it down yeah. at the 11th hour. And I was calling him out. I got fired for that. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, it's deep. Traditional media and their own. They're one of these companies that's I'm not going to say their name, but they're owned by one of the big multinational conglomerates that owns everything. Right. And I'm like, wow. And I made a decision. I was like, well. I either got a buckle and I stopped doing the show or I make it just jokey joke or snarky. It's, you know, Graham doing some funny martial arts or something like that. And I just make it some fucking cat video bullshit. Yeah. Or I go, I double down on the truth and say, fuck this. I'm going all in. And right. so I said, fuck this. I'm going all in. I look at uh, Israel kind of the way I look at the United States and that the average Joe and Jane is probably manipulated so much by a media. I couldn't even imagine over there what it must be like. The, you know, this the sense of nationalism, the sense that, you know, because, you know, we've talked about this many times on this this show about how, like, you know, we, we've proven even, even Hillary, the, the, even the devil herself has come out and said, we created Al-Qaeda. And then 
through you know emails and all this mm-hmm. stuff, we realized they created ISIS, and that's mm-hmm. really what Benghazi is about. Mm-hmm. Is that they left that guy out there to die because he was he, he loose lips sink ships, mm-hmm. and he knew that they were funding them, training them, and arming them. And she let him. I mean, that's the psychopath that lady is. So we look at this. We look at like. Um, we look at, you know, I mean, dude, RT News, we'll get into that, put out this amazing little clip on Twitter about Assad talking about, you know, oh. the threats of Israel and how, like, and, you know, they're really sad because they got, they have nothing going on because they lost the dear ones. And he calls the dear ones are ISIS. And you're like, whoa, that is so fucking powerful, right? So we sit here and we know that, the, you know, that we, the, the we'll call the deep state, whoever funds these terrorist organizations and then it makes you wonder really like what is hamas if hamas is a part if if you know are they why would they be any different than this game plan that's been used over and over again that's the thing too and i was like i was like oh you know you can't go after israel and i was just like you know what i'm sorry but like when the israeli government doesn't uh acknowledge the armenian genocide yeah. And neither does America. I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. Do you know what that's about, dude? Do you know why they don't do that? Oil. Because it used to be, it used to be because I thought that because they were, had relationships with Turkey, but now that's been terminated and that isn't it. That is to me, in my honest belief, the reason Israel does not recognize the Armenian genocide because they don't want anyone else, any other, anyone else to go through credit of going through a Holocaust. And they want to make that individual Holocaust the most important and only Holocaust out there. And yeah. to recognize someone else would be like, oh, other people have gone through this and they're dealing with this shit. Mm-hmm. Do we call what happened in uh, Rwanda a Holocaust? There was 100,000 people died in the night, mainly with machetes. You yeah. know that, right? Yeah. So we Let's call what's going on in Yemen. The mass murder uh, is mass genocide murder. genocide in Yemen. You know, a you know genocide. I mean? Genocide. I mean, let's like, and so when I see that, and if, and if any, if any friends of mine who are Israeli or very support, I would just ask them, I would say, well, how do you, how do you acknowledge that? Why, why is, why is the U S and, uh, I go, me being critical of, of Israel's government doesn't mean I'm anti-Semitic. Yeah. I'm so tired of that. I'm so tired of that. That's the game plan. Yeah. yeah. And, and it is so ridiculous that people are that hyper tribal and, and they, they kind of dilute the conversation. It's like. There are peace activists in Israel. There There's are, there are Israeli soldiers and, yeah. who are like, this is wrong. And they wrong. oppose what the government yeah. is doing. Yes. Are they anti-Semitic? Are they anti-Israel? No, they're opposed to what their government's doing. I'm opposed to what the United States government does yeah, most I of the time. Agree. Am I anti-American? No. I want to end corporate war. Does that mean I hate vets? Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see, I, I'd like to see the 22 uh, PTSD-related suicides a day from a U.S. veterans. I'd like to see that number cut down to zero. Does that, uh, do I hate America now for that? Yeah. Like, and I'm I, sorry, No, man. I mean, no, of course. I mean, I agree with that. Yeah, totally. and it's, it's, so, it's so insane when people bring, and I just like. That's and, the war game. That is that the is psychological the war game, war game that's war gone game. that we have to deal with, you know. And, and it's like a lot of these younger, uh, you know, of all generations that, you know, they have an open mind, but then their mothers grind them down. Like, mm-hmm. oh, man, if you don't believe this, look at what happened before. And it's just like the problem is, is that we just don't realize that there are dark forces at work. Yeah. And that even these dark forces are one of us. And sometimes people take money over power, you know, uh, over unity, dude. Yeah. And, you know, you see it happen all the time. Have you know? guys ever seen The Empire Files? Abby Man. Oh, we love that show, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, She's amazing. And there's, a, there's one, there's, I forget the guy's name, where she interviews an ex-Israeli soldier mm-hmm. who's like, and says everything That's what that, that we're talking about. Where that guy goes, 
Yeah, I was. You're raised in this propaganda in the way we're raised with American exceptionalism. We're the good guys in America. Only respond when we got to. Yeah. And it's like the Israelis are fed the same thing. I'm going to tell you something crazy, dude, and because you guys aren't into the world of conspiracies, but there's this whole movement within our our world, and it's called the Q Anonymous, and like a lot of people want to dis, dis uh, you know throw it out and oh it's fake and all the shit but the information's real and he predicts a lot of stuff and one thing that he has told us and you don't have to believe this but I, it, it explains a lot to me is like why Trump got elected and how he was able to get elected a lot of it has to do with he was pulled aside by military people and we're like you know we're gonna make sure you have a, a, a clean shot of getting this so it, sometimes to beat a bad man takes a bad man. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes to beat a crazy person takes a crazy person. And the whole theory behind that was that this group of military people kind of saw saw what's going on. And I, I'm thinking, you know, we have this whole notion that, you know, through through uh, movies and television that, that the military just wants war all the time. They just want to go in everywhere and conquer everybody. Yeah. And I don't think that is what really happens. I think most of these guys, if not all these guys, join the military because a sense of patriotism of this notion that, man, we got to defend our rights and our, our country against these evil people. And then they get in and like there comes a point where like some of them realize something else is going on and that is yeah. banker wars. Oh and, yeah. And I think there's a group of people that are seeing our boys, our daughters going over there fighting coming back mangled, mentally shish kebobbed in bad place and and going this has to stop. Well, the people you described, I mean, that attitude that you described, that does not apply to the people that are going and fighting these wars. Yeah. Uh, that applies to the people behind the scenes benefiting from the war machine. Right. right. And, and benefiting from the economy of war that we have built in this country. Right. That, you know, by the way, it uh, always falls. <laughs> it always falls. 100%. I mean, if you look at uh, Lee Camp, who had a great video that after the North Korea, South Korea came together in peace talks, the military-industrial complex countries... Their stocks plummeted. Yeah. And that, to me, is a disgusting thing. That now we're worried about like profits over people. Oh, it's it's it, it's the craziest thing. I mean, Wolf Blitzer even said it in an interview when someone's like, "Fuck that!" Guy. I know. He's like, someone was like, "Hey, we got to cut back workers." Well, well, there's all the jobs. Yeah. So there's no other jobs to have. Yeah. Like, well, God forbid we like you know rebuild the country, get that's the homeless health care, or you know what I mean. God forbid we do that. That's buzzwords too. Yeah, we're gonna lose jobs if we stop this war. Well, you know what? I mean, it's like lose I love jobs. No one has jobs. What are we going to lose? Well, forty three percent of the country is wor is the working poor. Forty three percent of the country is employed and can barely pay their bills. They have less than five hundred dollars in their savings. Yeah, it's I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> before Buy a we get into guys. what we was a joke. <laughs> before we get into what we wanted to talk about, I want to hear about this cool tour you guys are doing because we just did our first leg of our tour. It was beyond anything success I, I've ever, ever could have expected. I mean, like, I'm a 23-year vet, you know, been grinding, grinding, grinding. And to show up in an impossible weekend and have packed out cobs, like cobs, dude. Like, it's going, you know, it's like right to the big one. What, did you guys do, a tinfoil hat tour? Yeah, or it was uh. myself, Off the Grid, Eddie Bravo, and a friend of ours, Tres Mala. And we... uh. 
We did a couple. They they go, hey, we're going to give you this weekend, and you take it because when you get off some, you take it. You take it, and then like as he's you're like, oh shit, you start calculating stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's Valentine's Day or whatever it is. You're yeah. like, oh man, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And uh, it, we even though we were up against a bunch, and I, this is not against Live Nation. The opportunity was amazing. We're very thankful, but like up against it all. It went really well. Uh, I mean, we packed. We were up against the Cluster Fest. Dude. So it was cool like kids. all the cool kids. And then we were by. The goth we kids were on the other side out, of town. Dude. Packed it out. I just, I, I think that that's so awesome. And it's what Ron and I, we, you know, we, we met about a year or so ago just through being on Jimmy Dore show. And, um, you know, I do a super chat once a week called super. I either do it on Saturday or Sunday super chat. Sunday or Super Chat Saturday? Super Chat Sunday. Oh, snap, Vigilante. <laughs> uh, so, like, I, and I always, I call my fans, I go, I call them political vigilantes. I say, you guys are all out there finding the truth. And somebody said it to you, Ron, or something? Yeah, it was someone on my stream. Because, yeah, again, Get Your News on with Ron, still pretty new. So, when it first started, I think there was probably like five of us total. And <laughs> so people really had a lot of access to ask me whatever the hell they wanted. And somebody brought it up. Uh, I think it was Josh Pegg in Portland, actually. I think I remember who it was. Shout and, Josh Pegg in Portland. Yeah. Hey. And, and he was like, man, I love when you and Graham are on a panel together and you're both really into stand-up. Why don't you guys do more stuff together? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a cool idea. That would be fun. And then I was like, why don't we? That's actually a really good idea. And then we talked about it. We were like, let's do something. Yeah, we were like, we're both busy because I was directing this this show for this Native American channel. Ron's busy with Jimmy Dore stuff and other things. And so we're like, let's just do a little taste. So we just did a little thing on the West Coast. We did Tempe, Arizona, Lake Havasu, Vegas, and San Diego. Where'd you go in Vegas? The muse- uh, the Center for Science or, uh, and Wonder. Oh, it, cool. it was an off atheist the community center oh, off cool. the strip. It was really cool. Let's oh, go that's there. Great. It was that fantastic. Like and you know, we didn't. You know, we didn't. I, we, I'm not going to lie and say, "Oh, it was packed." It wasn't. It wasn't. We had we had decent turnouts. Yeah. But the people that turned out, I got to tell you, man. Like I know what you mean. I've been doing stand up 25, 30 years, and I've had packed. I mean, I've had big big applause and all that. But the kind of laughter you get, it was like. And as the tour was going on, we were like, okay. Let's make this more not just two guys doing political jokes, but like make it more of like a political rally, have an element of activism. So at the meet and greet, we had a couple progressive candidates in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we introduced them at the end of the show. And I'm like, they're going to be in the lobby, guys. We're selling shirts. and You can talk to us and talk to them. Ask them questions. You know, and so we're like this new tour we're doing in uh, June 20 through the 24th. We're getting... You know, we're asking people from Democratic Socialists in various the various cities. I'm asking a progressive candidate that's in Georgia. And, you know, I'm getting some, like, pamphlets and stuff from uh, open primaries. Because so many people, and I think Ron gets this, too, on his and his thing, they're like, "How do I, what do I do? How do I get involved? And I'm like, I always tell them, get involved on a local level, man. Get that little progressive candidate. Yeah. If there isn't a progressive running for your school board, you run. You know, like, and that's what's happening. And you so know, for me, dude, I just feel that like, especially in this show, because we have such a spectrum of fans, we, we have super progressives and we have some conservatives mm-hmm. too, man. And I would tell you that 
Anybody who's listening to this and you see this tour coming through, and let's say you're a conservative, I think you should go see this show. Because I think it will open your minds. I think it's what I'm really trying to do, and we get some backlash on the show, is give the whole spectrum of ideas. Mm-hmm. Because I think you find out that you're a lot more similar than you are different. The quick story on that. Uh, a guy in Frisco, his name's Tiger. He listens to the show. He said so much of what we talk about, he's like, it allowed him to talk to his mom about stuff. He turned his mom onto our podcast, and he's like, that's my mom over there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's crazy that it brought him together with his mom more. And, and look what we do. We talk about reptilians half the time. <laughs> so, but, you know, it's, it's Well, hitting. we should talk about some of the people. I mean, what were you going to say? Well, I, I was just going to add, like, one kind of fun thing on that. Because uh, over at the Jimmy Dore Show, which is a very progressive show, but we have a portion of our audience that are uh, Trump supporters because – they connect with when we talk about the corruption in the establishment. For sure. They relate to that because that's what drew them to Trump. Yes. So we agree on the problem. We disagree on the solution. I don't think turning to Trump's the solution. They did for whatever reason. But uh, they appreciate the fact that we talk about this problem and we make them laugh in the meantime. And I had a particular fun moment where I really learned that. Um, I was doing a casino gig uh, in Temecula, California. And just as a joke, I tweeted. A hotbed of progressive. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, just as a joke, I uh, I tweeted. I was just like, man, it because uh, my girlfriend came along with me because it yeah. was at like this like kind of resorty casino type yeah. place. So I said, man, trying to entertain a, a room full of Trump supporters is uh, a lot easier when your girlfriend comes with you. And somebody <laughs> tweeted at me, and they were like. Be careful, Ron. Some of us are your fans. Yeah. And and that was like, I was like, yeah, you know, there is kind of that portion. <laughs> you know, when you do the, uh, you know, you're the progressive vigilante. We're the, we, we go Ronin. Like our whole thing, we have a set of rules we follow. It's like we don't join any group. We don't mm-hmm. defend anybody we don't personally know. We don't defend any action we weren't personally a part of. Mm-hmm. We don't give knowledge to those who do not seek it. And we right, right the, the wrongs. wrongs. When you, when you uh, follow that, you realize like, you might agree with the right, and then you might agree with the left, and it's all individualized, you know? And it's so, like, I, I love conservative listeners, and, you know, the demonization of, and we'll get into this because it has something to do with, I want to talk about your social media movement on the on the show. It's like, we are more alike than we are different. Dude, I, I, I'll give you a great example. So the first night of the, 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 the first night of the first ever tour in May, when we went to, we were in Tempe, Arizona, and we didn't have a, I mean, half of the crowd was followers of ours. Yeah. The other half were just sort of like, oh, we're com- let's go to a comedy let's show. Let's go to a comedy show. And yeah. there were some tables of people that I know were just Arizona Republicans. Yeah. You know, they golf. They always got tans. They all look like Mike Pence kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're in pink golf shirts yeah. or whatever. I can tell. And I do. A, I was doing a whole thing in my act, slamming the two-party system. And I'm like, this, it's designed to, to – we're designed to be fu- – Divided, red state, blue state. For sure. And they were like, yeah. Yeah. They were applauding. They were like, oh, okay. I'm down with this shit because they saw me. So then when I slammed the DNC, they laughed. And so then when I slammed some of Trump's policies at the end, they weren't like, hey. They were like, okay. Yeah. We can get as much as we can take it. Yeah. And I think people realize that. You know, it's like. That we have fallen into this Coke versus Pepsi shit. Oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. and and the, the the other thing too that was so cool is the and this I've noticed this from doing the live Jimmy Dore shows, which is like transform. I remember the I was on the one the first one you did. Those those crowds are like it's amazing, and you see the liter- the the. The demographic is all over the map. It's not. It's not a bunch of you know burn bros as, yeah. you, as we were led to believe by the mainstream media. And at the show in in Tempe, there was this like young hippie couple, right? 
assume they probably voted for Bernie, whatever. Dreadlock dude, girl with pink hair, interracial couple, you know, hey man, you're awesome. We love you on Jimmy Dore. Right behind them, three like older, wealthy white ladies in their 60s, yeah. well-dressed, Arizona. Hey, we watch you on Jimmy Dore show. And I'm like, right. that's what's going down because yeah. the truth does not have a demographic. The power I, of podcasts. I can't agree. The, the podcast will be, the revolution will be podcasted. We've been saying that for a while. Uh, Until the Wi-Fi goes down and we all get <laughs> just assumed by DARPA robots. I'm yeah. sure they would love to fucking do that shit. It's going to be interesting. That's, that's another show. So I want to get into you guys. Uh, I want to get into a lot. Uh, obviously, you guys, just like us, social media is mm-hmm. such a big part of how we're spreading the word. And mm-hmm. uh, we're in an interesting place right now because a lot of truth is starting to come out about the, uh, social media. Uh, who's behind it? What's yeah. the part of it? Censorship is getting in is really big. And, uh, you know, I, I, what are you guys' whole thoughts on social media? And then I have some stuff I kind of want to bring up. What do you guys have? Uh, you guys, where's a jumping off point? Yeah. yeah. Let's start with Facebook. No, how about this? No, no, no. Let's start off with Operation Mockingbird because I think this is kind of where it all starts. And if you guys don't know what Operation Mockingbird is, it's basically the CIA in the early 1950s attempted to manipulate the news for propaganda purposes. Well, I'll I'll take that even back a little further if you read – Chris Hedges' Death of the Liberal Class. I quote this book constantly. So World War I, most people don't know this. We we're all gung-ho to go to World War I. No, we were not. Uh, people were like, no, most Americans, it's a wall. They called it a Wall Street war in the 19-teens, right? Uh, George Creel was hired by uh, President Woodrow Wilson to create the Creel Commission. His job was to use arts and media to sell the American people on why we needed this war. There was this new film business, these motion pictures. So we're going to make this movie that about the evil Kaiser. And they used radio, uh, this new medium film, magazines to tell the people, oh, the Kaiser, the Huns, the, it's bad, it's bad. We got to do something. We got to do something. They wrote that song over there. That wasn't like a bunch of soldiers wrote that around a fireplace. No, that was a marketing team that was financed by the United States government. Oh my God. Here's something interesting. You know, you do USOs and I've done mm-hmm. USOs and I've, I would do one right now in yeah. a heartbeat. If someone said, Hey, go entertain our troops in this area. I would do it in a heartbeat. A tinfoil hat comedy tour. That I would love <laughs> to bring that to the USO. Will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to watch our YouTube stream for like eight seconds and go, Nope. 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 <laughs> but I get it, man. I get it that you got to have uh, one group moving as one. I get that. You don't want to start popping minds and then, you know, lives could be at risk. But And lives are at risk by what we're doing over there. I'm not trying to, you know, take that away from anybody that's been fucked by this bombing. But, you know, so I go over there and our, the guy who's bringing us around has a conversation with me about, you know, it's like, you know, in in World War One, they, they found out that, you know, guys, soldiers had a real problem with pulling the trigger. They couldn't kill somebody. They were very, they, they just couldn't bring themselves to shoot somebody else. So they go, okay, how are we going to do this? That's when you start seeing guns in movies. That's when you start seeing people wow. pull fucking triggers and start fucking shooting people. Mm. Boom, boom. Yeah, boom. we never knew we could do anal. 
And probably until we saw that shit. Okay, yeah. that's a weird way to take the conversation, yeah. but I'm well, with you. Know, you. Yeah. <laughs> We're very susceptible. As Don't humans. even get me in the porn hub and these fucking See, I, deep we'll runs you do on the, that one. But the whole thing was to start teaching people to start shooting other wow. people. Wow. And, you know, and like, I know here we're going to get into tinfoil hat, and I'm not saying you guys have to sign off on this, but <laughs> as we go into these school shootings, have you noticed that they never show you bank robberies on the news? They never show you a bank robbery, mm-hmm. ever. Why? Because they don't want you robbing a bank. But they can't glorify these high school shooters enough. Everything's, here's his face. Here's these girls talking mm. about. Here's his face. Here's it. You know, and it's just like, oh, like the trucks are there and all that stuff. And it's just like, it's all monkey see, monkey do shit. Mm-hmm. And we see that happening all the time. And then we start to get into, you know, the media. Uh, with, you know, and I see this on Jimmy's door, Jimmy Door show all the time. All these old spooks getting hired by these mainstream media people. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Oh, Some yeah. Of them CIA are for- operatives. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, getting hired to be a war correspondent. It's unbelievable. Some of them are running for as Democrats. They're they're quote resistance Democrats. Mm-hmm. That's the Democratic Party. The corporate some of the corporate Democrats are ex CIA operatives. Who are these guys? Like Tapper, right? Is, uh, who's who's the old FBI or CIA guy that just Tapper? Um, uh, Brennan. There's a guy that MSNBC just hired. And then, and then the one person I think you're referring to is Richard Painter. He was the ethics lawyer for the Bush administration. He's running as a Democrat now in Minnesota. <laughs> Unbelievable, yeah. dude. About one team, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's, party, that's the resistance. The money party. Yeah, it's yeah. The, that's the big resistance coming. Uh, you know, they come on. They push war. They glo- I mean, I remember watching Brian Williams talk about how uh, something was going uh, Trump was having a re- was really going off on the FBI like really going hard mm-hmm. in the FBI and this was right around the bombings uh, in Austin right and mm-hmm. just the the slow stroke going on by Brian Williams about how how important the FBI and how we must support and love them and all they want to do is just save democracy and I'm like this motherfucker, man. Is this the same Brian Williams that was basically jerking off at the Syrian rocket attack in uh, yeah. in April of 17? He's like, these beautiful rockets. Like, oh, the ones that could have been schools that are going to go kill kids? Those rockets, Brian? Yeah. That's my problem with the national anthem because it's like, does anyone even know what that song's about? And the bombs bursting in. Would we have that song nowadays? And the drones flew over the wedding party. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. What the fuck? Fuck that song yeah. in general. I you couldn't know? agree more, I man. support troops, support America, but how about I just fuck that song? I couldn't agree yeah. more, dude. No, I totally agree. They, I mean, they don't even, they omit one of the verses, because one of the verses was just so over-the-top ridiculous that like, <laughs> they can't even sing it. <laughs> I mean, dude, who they just hired? They hired some Obama guy, and someone put out the funniest tweet about him. I'm trying to find it. Basically about how, like, he he's going to have to transition from the job of uh, lying uh, to protect Obama's legacy to lying to protect Obama's legacy. Yeah. Like, that's basically what his whole job is. Well, going back to the thing you bring bringing up about social media, one of the things in this last year and a half of really just being like, I'm going to go for the truth, is my social media has changed, at least Twitter. I used to make Twitters about jokes and promotion, and now it's more about activism and, and jokes within activism. I just can't, if I have like a snarky joke for Twitter, I just like, nah. I'm not, I'll, I'll post. You gotta stay on brand. I gotta stay, and I just, and also like, I'm following people on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, this person's awesome. Like, it's not some, you know, and, and some of the people that are like, like Syrians who are like, hey, this is bullshit. Like, there's this girl who started following Sarah Abdullah. 
Yeah. She's unreal. 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 And I'm just like, I'm so impressed because I'm getting sometimes so burnt out with, you know, stand up and show business. And it's just like, you know, first of all, she's so smart. She's like calling out all this shit that's going down in Syria, showing us film and video and, and photos from Syria that we're not, the mainstream media isn't getting. She's also a very attractive woman. And I'm always like, man, she could just be some actress posting those kind of yeah and she, no she's like look at this article retweeting this thing liking this thing jimmy Dore said you know retweeting a glenn greenwald thing you know like calling somebody out calling out this person and she's i'm just like i watch i get inspired i see her i see like uh i see you know like what abby martin is doing and 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 i'm meeting people like um katie halper and i'm just getting i'm getting introduced into this community and i'm like these are fucking badasses these are activists, the people that I've met on the Jimmy Dore show, the people I've met, you know, uh, when Ron and I have done aggressive progressives or whatever people we've interviewed. And it's just like, I get so invigorated because I think sometimes when you're looking for the truth, you feel crazy. Yeah. You know that. Well, it can depress you too. It can depress the shit out of you. You know, it can really depress you because you're like, all this is going on. Nobody's paying attention and we're just going to sit there and just get sad. And I'm just like... You know what, man? I, I think all you could do is put the word out and then hope and then clean your own backyard. Right. You know, don't hmm. when you see. So I mean, like there's people that within the conspiracy community that I know have done unspeakable crimes. Mm-hmm. I won't go see their movies, even though I want to so bad. Right. I won't go see their movies. I refuse to do we Do you have Ron? Do you have a. Where's Ron's? I'm, 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 I'm on Okay, there, there we go. Um, just go back and forth so people know. Uh, <laughs> I won't go see the movies. And it kills me because they're movies I used to love. Right. But I can't. So I can only control my own my own thing. And you know what, dude? I would rather not be in the latest Kevin Hart movie if that means I, I – if I have to give up being honest about what's going on in the world. Um, I can't. You know? I can't. There's no turning back now. It's like it's the Matrix. You know what I mean? Like we 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 got unplugged, man. Now we see what the what the reality is, and I can't go back to just like I want to be on TV. And I think no, I can't even watch it. I can't watch it, man. And it's just like, and then I see like what Jimmy Dore and what Lee Camp are doing, just as comedians from from just a career business standpoint. I go, they're making an amazing living, being who they are, telling the truth. They don't answer to anybody. You wake up with a smile on your... Yeah. You wake up with a smile when you start doing I that. I mean, the tour Ron and I did, I was like, this is so awesome. Yeah. And every day, you know, we drove every day and, and, and we're like, but... But we, these Did you at least get a nice car to drive in? Yeah, it was Ron's. Yeah, it was mine. It was my 2016 Elantra. You know. <laughs> it's, got, it's a nice We got guy. a caddy, dude. I said, fuck it. Did you guys podcast while driving? Oh, yeah, we did. We were recording we did some one, stuff. Yeah. Nice. And and that's what we're doing in June, man. We're going June 20th through the 24th. We're going to Nashville the 20th. I love it. Dude, we're going to Huntsville, Alabama. We're going to Asheville, North Carolina. They need that. I know. Alabama loves that. I mean, I did Nashville. I had people drive in from. Dude, I know. And we're going to. Well, I used to live in Nashville. So like Zany's was my home club. So, you know, going back and actually being a name on the bill as opposed to just the opener. Like, like that's like. Yes. So awesome. I'm pretty stoked. And I think too, and we got Louisville and Atlanta. People are like, God, why are you progressives going to red states? I go, exactly. Exactly. Not that I don't want to go to Portland and places like that, but mm-hmm. like the, I think the, 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 
the progressives and the truth seekers are a little more starved sometimes in some of the red areas, but not necessarily. But they're also, again, I want the person that's like, you know, hey, I would have voted for Bernie if he would have won, but but instead I voted for Trump because I hate Hillary. Yeah. You know, like... It's very interesting, too, because here's a here's a thing where I think the progressive agrees with the libertarian, because, you know, again, I'm not part of any group. I I lean progressively, but I also have some libertarian views. And, you know, Duncan kind of opened my eyes to a big part, Duncan Trussell, to the libertarian movement, which is a separation of government and business, Mm -hmm. you know, where the progressive wants a separation of church and state. The the, the libertarian wants a, a, a defined line between business and and mm. government because what we see is the bleeding over where these guys leave government and they go into business and then yeah. they, they get in cahoots and that's kind of what happened with Hillary and, and the Clinton campaign. I mean, we saw all of these media people on both sides of the thing. I'm, I'm, I mean, like, dude, I hate to tell everybody, but if these emails of WikiLeaks put out about her picking her candidate who she's going to run against, guess who was part of that? Fox News, ma'am. Yeah. By promoting the shit out of Trump. And, and, and I mean, how bad is Ben Carson when she, he can't even make the top three and it's rigged for him, right? Yep. So uh, what we see is like Hillary, we see all these deal, all these uh, like dinners and galas with these uh, like the, the, these reporters who are meant to basically are the ones who are supposed to be questioning authority. Yep. And now they're meeting with her and making donations. And that means the system's broken. And that is a place where you guys, me, we can meet with libertarians on. Yeah, oh, big time. I mean, yeah. And, and there was there was a really cool conversation between uh, Ron Paul and Ralph Nader where they kind of unpacked that, where it's like, yeah, policy-wise, we, we separate a little bit. But what do we have in common? Well, first of all, we want to end the money party. We have that in common. Yeah. We recognize the corruption in the system and how broken it is. Uh, also, we want to end the wars and invest that money back home. Those are two really really big things to have in common and if you have those two things in common you can at least have a better starting point to try to solve some problems as opposed to what are you talking about the democrats are good guys and they can do no wrong or vice versa the republicans are good guys they can do no wrong it's like oh no you're still you're still not recognizing that this game is rigged yeah i need to talk to someone that knows the game is rigged and if we disagree a little bit after well we can we can we can work through that that's, that's fine, fine. Well, that's the key but yeah. having that in common that's a big first step well they don't want us to have that in common right they want us to stay out of the perimeter and fighting about you know uh, uh pro-choice and gay marriage and guns and that they want us out there fighting about that not that we don't need gun control but they want us they want us like, I'm Second Amendment. I'm against it. They don't want us together to go, hey, we need to end war. We need to we need to address poverty. And then, you know, we might differ on how we're going to do gun control. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And it's like, because if we get together, man, like, like I just watched um, uh, Bobby Kennedy for President, which is a great four-part doc series on, on Netflix. And man, he's, when he started coming around, you know, he came up, he's a Kennedy, Joe Kennedy, you know, you just win, anything to win. And he had that thing when he started to realize, wait a minute. And Dr. King and some of those Big guys. Big time. That, that's, I, we talked about that on, mm-hmm. uh, where was it, Cobbs or Punchline? It was a Punchline. It was in the Q&A. That's, that's what got, you know, Fisher said, but that's, this is what gets him shot. Yeah, man. When he and King, because that's the other thing, too. Like, everyone talks about the, the I Have a Dream speech, which is a great, beautiful speech. But the speeches that don't get a lot of traction are his speeches about 
uh, socialism and the evils of capitalism and why are we spending money in Vietnam when we should be there's poor people yeah and and that's what got both those guys killed tomorrow is is June 5th which is the uh, primary in California it's also the 50th anniversary of the assassination of Bobby Kennedy and you know that's what both of those guys were like we got to fight poverty oh dude and there's a lot of stuff coming out about that assassination where it wasn't just Sirhan Sirhan and that mm. there's some MK Ultra shit going on there he doesn't remember all that and all these and there's a you know just think about how easy it was to control the message oh back then back then you had to, you worried about the news which someone owned and a newspaper yeah that was it you and- didn't you didn't have the 50 people in that hallway all with with uh, cameras in yeah. the pocket yeah. you didn't have any of that so you could just have some like confusing gunshot what happened oh it was nuts but yeah. I, I heard the shots there's no way the shot wow you, it was crazy back then yeah you have one paper just setting and we see this in all these high impact events the, the, the news sets the table for what the, happened and then the truth seekers have to start peeling back yeah. peeling back and back then it was just one newspaper one one television station this is what the story is and everybody moved on from there so now we move into social media and that's a big thing too and we see i don't know if you've been watching these commercials that facebook is putting out about oh we just started out so it was all about love and me talking to mom and grandma and then the fake news came and the hacking and i'm like it's coming out that you literally had to sell the data to basically save your stocks like the stocks were nobody was making money on Facebook stocks and they were getting laughed at. And then all of a sudden, boom, they exploded. And you realize because they were selling off all the data, their data collection ports. That's what social media is. And they sell off our data. And this is the, the Cambridge Analytica thing just showed that. And so now Facebook's ad campaign is just they, they're still trying to like we're going to find them. Austin OJ. We're going to OJ's going to find a killer and we're going to find the fucking hackers. You know and they're they got, out there. You know what they got going with them with Cambridge Analytica? It sounds so boring that you don't even want to look into it. It's not sexy. Like right. I remember someone telling us about it, and yeah. I was like, "What is that, man?" Sounds like, like somebody's yeah. knocking at my door, selling me encyclopedias. So that's how <laughs> you, want you know some Cambridge <laughs> Analytica. The less no, boring I, it is, it's like you should look into it. If it's just called like Manila Folder, you'd be like, "Oh God, yeah. what is inside there?" You know. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys know this about you know about basically Facebook, but in the year in February fourth. 2004, Pentagon stopped a program they called LifeLog. Have you heard this? No, no, no. They stopped a program called LifeLog, and it was basically an aggressive attempt by the Pentagon to be able to get all of your life's data. They stopped it. 2004. February 4th, 2004. Do you know what was uh, formed on First February of all, 4th? LifeLog was also a DARPA Invention. What is DARPA? In case, in case that's the defense, the defense uh, advanced research uh, protocols, uh, whatever. It's, Close it's, it's where the everything that's been, like the Terminators come from. It's yeah. where the internet was invented. It's, so that it. February fourth, two thousand four. Do you know what was formed on February fourth, two thousand four? Mm-hmm. Facebook. Wow! It's the official day. It is a. It is formed. So the day they stopped this other program, they're like, oh, this is exactly what we've been wanting to do forever. And that's where it starts. And that is the bleeding between the, the uh, intelligence agencies and all the uh, social media shit. 
That makes so much sense to me because it's just like they, and it's why it's like almost impossible to delete your Facebook account. Yeah. I can't even. And even when you delete it, it still can retrieve stuff off your phone. All I gotta say is shout out Tom for MySpace. You didn't sell the fuck out. You didn't sell our fucking shit. You were a good fucking guy, and you got out because you saw the darkness was coming, right? I mean, look at this shit, dude. Go on. Facebook started for what? Just so in college guys can meet girls, and now twenty years later, he controls all of our information along with two guys that run Alphabet Inc. Do you know what Alphabet Inc. is, guys? Mm -mm. That's the parent company of Google. That's Skynet. Uh, the more boring it sounds, the more dangerous. <laughs> right. I mean, like, they created Google. I don't know if you guys know this, but yeah. Uh, they created Google, and then the Google bought YouTube, right? And what I, and here's another thing where we f- see the, the conservative and the liberal is coming together in basically the equivalent of digital book burning going on right now, mm-hmm. which is the controlling uh, and censorship mm-hmm. of like real uh, of alt. Look, I hate the word alternative because it has so many crazy things, but right. alt news. Right. What you guys are going through. I mean, yeah. the fact that you have three hundred thousand subscribers. I wonder if they like if they, if they didn't take subscribers off what your real number would be. Oh, yeah. We, we had a person, and, and the person really didn't want to uh, come out in the spotlight. We wanted them to. And this is over at the Jimmy Dore Show when I say we. Uh, we had someone whose their account got deleted because they were sharing Jimmy Dore Show videos. And, I mean, this is, wow. this is the dangerous path we're going down where all of a sudden uh, – Silicon Valley billionaires are determining what is and isn't free speech and what candidates you get to hear the most from. Uh, that's not okay. You know, I don't care that Mark Zuckerberg didn't like Trump and I don't like Trump either. He doesn't get to decide what candidates I do or don't get to hear from. Oh, and dude, I mean, like, let's look at book burning. What is book burning? Book burning was progressive ideas that were being shunned by people in power to control the narrative. So I write a book that says, you know what, dude, just because I'm gay or I'm biracial or anything like that, I I have the right to, uh, you know, I I just want to be me. Maybe I don't believe in your God or anything like that. And they came and they shut it down. They took those books and they burned it. You know, my friend used to have a great bit about that. The funniest part of book burning is that you have to actually buy the book. Then you have to burn it. So you kind of help help the author, right? But So now let's go to YouTube. YouTube, who's getting banned? You guys, you know, the people who are are bringing, uh, you know, questioning power. And this hardcore move by this the 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 intelligence agencies who are in bed with these guys to, are basically telling them who to who to shut down because and but it's blood in the water yeah it's blood in the water you can't get it's it's out the the crazy well, thing is is just how flagrant they're being i mean they're throttling numbers you know my my subscribers were stuck at 7600 for like the 7612 for like weeks i'm like really the number's not moving at all. Yeah. At all. I'm going through that right now. I'm about to hit 20,000, and I can't get over yeah. 19,600. It's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And I would go 2,000, then just, nope, stop. And I'm like, ah. Yeah, that's what mine did. And it jumped, and then finally I was on Jimmy Dore's show last month, and then it jumped up to 92, 9,300, and now it's at 9,400. It's just sitting there. And I'm just like, how is that possible? Yeah. And it's just to control narrative. We have yeah. a lot of people dealing with Pedogate, with um, uh, WikiLeaks. The 
We just found out the basically free Julian uh, hashtag was shadow banned. That Twitter basically sh- refused to let it, let it trend. Wow. Well, and you know, to be as out in the open as they've been, they needed some kind of event to kind of use as the scapegoat and to use as the catapult. I would argue that event was Russiagate yeah. and still is. Um, and that's why I've been so outspokenly critical of Russiagate because what the, they took this and they used this to attack independent media, yep. to stifle uh, voices, and to have greater control over social media. Yeah, 100%, dude. Yeah, it's like, everyone's like, Russia, 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 and I'm just Fake. like, there's nothing else we can talk about, huh? Mm-hmm. There's nothing else? Like, I, okay, you want to investigate it? Fine, but this is the only thing we can talk about it. And I, I, do you ever go on and watch MSNBC for a brief second? It's hard. They're man. still talking about it. Still. Nonstop. It's, and my it's been friends are just years. like, it's coming. Just co-. I'm like, dude. Breaking news. We're almost a year and a half, almost two years. November will be two years. Two Think years. about that. Halfway through Trump's first, you know, four years, you know? And they still haven't dropped any hammer on everybody. Every indictment that's come out is a... It, it goes back to before even Trump was running, and it all goes back to the, a connection to the to Hillary. Yeah. It either goes to before he was running or somebody just talked themselves into a corner to the wrong person. Yeah. So it's like either A, this this isn't even related, or B, uh, you talked yourself into a corner because we intimidated you and it worked. Yeah. That, that's all they have to show for this after almost two years. So then we get into this whole astroturfing thing that's going on, and I've been talking about this forever, that these blue checks by people on their names on Twitter, and you go to their numbers, they have like 350,000 followers. For me, that number is crazy because I have friends like Tom Segura, Burt Kreischer. Those are the numbers that those guys get. I mean, they could show up anywhere and fill like a 2,000-seat theater. Right. And then they got Joe Blow from, you know, blogit.com with 350,000 followers. And I'm like, I've never heard of you. Like, that number, I'm not saying that I have to know you for you to be a valid person. But those numbers are just completely made up. So uh, that's my opinion. So someone put on Twitter one day about how they found this one Twitter account that was started one day, right? Mm-hmm. And then the next day it had a blue check by its name and 150,000 followers. Yeah. And that's all astroturfing. I know. That, it, it's, it's, and then, you know. For those who don't, hold real quick. For those who don't know what astroturfing is, it's basically this, it's a fake grassroots movement. Right. It's basically meant to be by very powerful rich people to make you think that this thing's starting out naturally and it's a movement together. And there's also an argument that that's what Twitter is basically made for. Right. That it's made to connect, like every, back in the, in the 1800s, every city had a crazy person. Right. That's like the, the the cat lady who would scream about, you know, the moon's listening, right? Yeah. Well, now, thanks to Twitter, <laughs> every cat lady of every village can now connect. Now you got 500 villagers connecting, and now it seems like a movement. Right. That now the, the moon is listening. Right. Do you, and do, you, do you think we'll ever have like a peer-to-peer ability of like a social media, kind of like how a Bitcoin is, where it's completely, there's no way it goes through any servers. Somehow it's just truly free. I think someone's going to try to create it because what Twitter's doing, how they're how how they're censoring people, shadow banning, shadow banning, astroturfing, all that business. I think people are sitting around going, "Wait a minute, the good aspects of the internet, oh, the the free form exchange of ideas, like learning about different things. Oh, I didn't know that." 
And now you can tell when it's like these bots, you know, these Hillary or these Trump bots just boop automatically. And it's like, wait a minute, you're not organic. You're not a person. And you can, you can debunk that so quickly by you see that this, that this fake account posts the same joke. You know, to what I said, to what somebody else said, oh, yeah. it's just like ridiculous. Like, what was that media that came out that got busted with everybody saying the exact same yeah. thing? Sinclair? Oh, Sinclair, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, you think that happens on which is a smaller company? Even if you think about, it, they own half of half of all the local radio station or all the news stations. That still is a huge in terms of like. Yeah. We're dealing with international companies, but they basically make them all say something to basically. And the reason Sinclair got pounded on was that they were a conservative Mm. news agency putting out conservative news. And like, not my thing, but like that, that seems to be the big thing, which is this attack of the, the left liberal powers. I mean, and then you look at some of these, like, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys follow Snapchat, which was a big thing. I think Instagram just came and drank its milkshake. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, but that that company hasn't made money forever. I they know. are constantly posting losses. Yet they keep going. How's that possible? And then you start thinking, okay, what is this? This uh, oh, I'm a puppy. Oh, look at me. I'm a and like. What a great way to get facial recognition, huh? Mm-hmm. What a great way to get your face and all of its points into the system. And that's all that was, dude, to get hot strippers to do kooky dog faces, and now you're in the system. So, and this advanced AI and this facial recognition shit is fucking everywhere in Saudi Arabia, right? There's Dubai, just, and also in China. There's just airports where you don't even check in. Oh yeah, that's in Dubai International. You walk through a tube where you first check in. They do the whole biometric scan one time. Now you walk through a tube that looks like you're going through like an ocean scene. You're going through like Finding Nemo. It's really like scanning your whole body. And you've now gone through the entire scan to make sure you are who you are. And you don't have anything inside you, outside you. So no longer getting no pat downs. You're just going to walk wow. through a cool little fish tank and then get it probably irradiated and chemtrailed and all that. Stuff. That's all Snapchat was. Well, was people owned the kitchen. Wow. Before 9-11, facial recognition software was used in one place, 100% known, and that's Vegas. So I always used to tell people, I was like, because I'm a crazy person, I was like, I'm not going to Vegas, dude. They're going to get my face. And now, they all got our faces after 9-11. They got our You know, faces. inside every single one of your passports post 9-11, there is an RFID chip in there. This isn't freak, this isn't crazy people thing. This is actually true. It's a radio frequency identification chip. So every passport mm-hmm. is able to be identified everywhere in the world. If you put that into a microwave and set it for a couple seconds, you're probably going to have a problem in a couple minutes. It's if explode? you're someone that is on or you're a get list. A knock. What kind, there's degrees Not maybe of you. problems here. You look like I? a nice guy, but maybe me, but I also don't have a passport. So Yeah, you're, you're off the grid. But... So am I? Is it going to explode or is it oh, going to no, be? It'll deactivate it. It'll deactivate it. But if you're someone that's on a list that they're watching, which we a, are, that's not a good idea. We are definitely wow. on a fucking list. Um, so so whenever you see companies continue to 
operate, even though they post losses after losses after losses, it makes you wonder, dude. And that's a big, I'm sorry, dude, but Tesla's just like that too, dude. They are posting. They have never made a profit, dude. Yet they keep growing. They keep growing. Do you guys know CIA's first tweet? You know this one? We can neither confirm nor deny that this is our first tweet. (laughs) Wow. You got to gotta love it. From day one. It's Scarface. Even when I'm telling you the truth or even when I'm lying to you, I'm telling you the truth. Here's where we get weird. And here's where we start to get weird. (laughs) I feel like Ron has set the record for like just staring at me like I'm a weirdo, (laughs) which I'm fine with. I believe it's all shell game, dude. I believe entertainment is a giant shell game. I believe it's all, that's why they call it programming. We've talked about it on the show before. The whole thing is just a shell game. I, I, I got to tell you, this last year and a half, I'm really waking up to that and then reading Hedges, reading, uh, like I started reading Noam Chomsky, his book, he put out the new Mandarins um, from the late 60s during the Vietnam War, and a lot of it, a lot of it, excuse me, relates to today. I look at entertainment so much differently now. Oh, yeah. Because I'm just like, oh, all, like look at all these shows that are like the lead character is the fuck up, uh, the apathetic. Because Ron and I have talked about this. One of the reasons we started the Progressive Comedy Tour and, and is because we were getting frustrated with just all this apathetic comedy. These comics that are like not talking about anything. There's nothing wrong with having jokes about dating or whatever. But their whole act is that. They're making fun of the homeless. They're punching down. They're not going after the powerful. Right, and I think conformist, dude. conformist, and it is it is a disease in L.A. comedy right disease, now. Disease, a disease, and comedy should be confrontational. I don't mean so much so that the audience is bummed like, out. Don't jump in the crowd, Axl Rose style, and yeah. start punching people. Right, right. You're supposed to get laughs, <laughs> right. but you should be confronting people's stereotypes, perceptions, ideas. To where the most powerful weapon in the world is to get somebody to change their mind while laughing, because they'll go, "Oh shit, I hadn't thought of that." Yeah. Good yeah. point. Ryan Stell had a funny uh, joke about that, about how like co- crowds want people to challenge them by uh, crowds want comics to challenge them by challenging them with stuff they already agree with that isn't that challenging, so they could laugh at it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's just the truth, man. And you just go up and like I can tell what your joke is going. I know what the comedy you're gonna do. Yeah. As you walk to the stage, because it's such cookie cutter shit. And the worst part is these motherfuckers get off stage, like fucking acting like they're Led Zeppelin when they're Nickelback. I know. You know? And it's like, and they think they're being political. All they have is a Trump joke. It's like, that's the big Norm MacDonald said that, dude. He just, like, like, there's nothing edgy or creative about. No, I'm not saying, if you want to call out Trump, call out Trump. I have no problem with that. But don't sit there and act like one side the aisle's bad. Oh, yeah, I miss the days of Obama. I mean, it's funny, like like Tim Black, who's another truth teller, man, he went on Twitter and he goes, I'm so sick of watching these late night comedians talk about how great it was under Obama. And it was like, we were deluded to think that. He was yeah. he deported 2 million people, 5.2 million foreclosures, the drone strikes, taking us from two wars to seven. So it's like, going back to your point, I think that's the thing with media, the movie, I watch a lot of movies, man. Dude, let's... And, and so much of it is... American exceptionalism. Yep. Oh, yeah. Don't get involved. I mean, the war machine's great. Like, I remember I went to go see Wonder Woman, which I was, as a, as a superhero guy, I was like, this is awesome. It's important. They've never had, you know, women have never had that. We've, we, we, you know, we as white guys have always had good people that look like us. I said, that's awesome. The ad that played before it 
was this new Marine Corps ad, this little girl seen somebody being a bully, she steps in. Then she's tough. Then she's oh, yeah, rugby, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Then she's I've in combat. That. And yeah. I'm like, oh, what great programming. Hey, young girl, yeah. you need to join the war machine. Yeah. You get to go fight for corporate wars And have now. you noticed how much military and oh. television movies are out? Because no one's joined the military. Yeah. And to me, and I just want to get in a little, to me, NAFTA, free trade, is all about taking away your business options, your opportunity to make money, so you have two options in life, the military or prison. There's not a lot of places to go. Flood it with fucking drugs. Flood, like the game plan that they used against the black community with crack is the, what they're using against everybody right now with heroin. And that is my honest opinion. And cocaine, dude. So there's a, there's a, the cocaine is back in, in comedy. And it's, it's blowing me away because all guys that are our age, we came in in the 80s and 90s and we saw it go, we just were like, gee, club owners, guys getting paid in blow and blowing through their fucking paycheck by Wednesday. And every comic in my age, in our age group, Sam, says the same thing. Wow, Coke is back? They all use those words. And I'm like, why is cocaine suddenly so permeating the young comedy scene? Stay the fuck out. Get high. Snapchat filter. Get your fucking, as Ron said, play Angry Birds. Like, get mad about something People stupid. playing video games on blow? Yeah. These kids are different than me. Yeah. <laughs> I torpedoed my career doing coke at the comedy store in 2008 through about 2000. But that's the thing 12. with cocaine. It's like such a self-centered drug. It oh, makes it you is, like, dude. you're going to start a corporation. You're like, yeah, come on. You know, like pot you're like hey man let's get together like we got mm. that shit better be illegal dude yeah. well i mean you if, again we're getting some tinfoil yeah. hat areas but you guys should look up this whole thing about uh uh obama and hezbollah have you seen this uh -oh. oh yeah so it's found out that uh, uh basically obama uh -oh. pulled the dea off of investigating whether hezbollah was selling cocaine into the united states which is basically the game plan of the iran contra affair it's the exact same game plan and it's the, and that's why there's dr dude drugs everywhere, dude. Everywhere. Coke, heroin. It's everywhere. All we have an opioid shit. epidemic, man. They want us high and checked out, and not and getting mad over Tom Brady's jersey and some Kardashian post. They yeah. don't want us going. Oh, hey, it's been four years since there was drinkable water in Flint, Michigan. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something, dude. So this whole thing, this have you? Do you know who George Soros is? Yes. What is your take on him, real quick? Yeah, he seems like he's one of the corporate dudes that's like... George Soros is like the... You ever seen those flip shows where they flip houses? Yeah. Where they go into this condemned shit and they flip it and make it nice? George Soros is the anti that. What he does is he takes something that's amazing and he flips it poorly. Right. So we see where he went into Viacom, he bought Viacom, he flipped it. Now nobody watches Viacom. He's owned a giant chuck on Netflix and will hopefully... The, hope to God he doesn't destroy it. But if you want to take a look at like the social engineering programming going right on. So, so Roseanne puts out that tweet on Ambient. You could say whatever you want about it. Uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's human 101 not to compare somebody who's black to a monkey. Okay. It's, it's, it's human 101 not to do that. All right. Yeah. So within two seconds, she loses everything. Everything is ripped forward. The next day, uh, Samantha B says, Freckle, freckleless cunt, and nothing happens to her show. Which you can say whether those are the same things or all. That shit is done on purpose to cause fucking fight. Yes. 
look at this I can do this, you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. And now everybody's fighting with each other, dude. Every time, like, everyone was all up in arms in the shithole country thing. And I was like, when that happened on Twitter, I was like, were you mad when Obama bombed the? He would go, never call them shithole countries. He bombed the shit out of them. Yeah. You know, when you mad when he helped create the 130 kids that die every day in Yemen, like, oh, it's offensive. Obama would never do this. No, his tweets were were nice and polite. Polite while he was letting Standing Rock happen, while he was uh, disaffecting what the, the the black and brown community the most. He took away their wealth. Like, I mean, give me while he dropped twenty six thousand one hundred and seventy one fucking bombs in twenty sixteen alone. Like, what? It, so, but the shithole tweet really had you up in arms. Yeah, I mean, look at if you really take a look at Valerie Jack, who, by the way, just moved in with Obama, a grown ass fucking man, just got a fucking roommate, right? <laughs> just think about that. She walks around with five fucking Secret Service people, five, not one, not two, five. Okay, there's pictures of her with John Podesta, and you know, again, right. tinfoil hat stuff, dark art shit. I can show you a picture of her. You ready to see this? This is gonna blow your fucking mind. Her and John Podesta basically at a fucking rave. Okay, look at that fucking picture right there, dude. Wow, that's her right there at a fucking like they're like a super elite fucking Burning Man, dude. And you know what I'm saying? That's, that's that billionaire sex cult kind of shit, man. Dude, it is dark art. So we're humanizing Valerie Jarrett or whatever her name is about. Oh, dude, poor Valerie. God, she um, play the apes. Oh man, bah. You don't know what kind of darkness this woman's been a part of. She is Obama's right hand man, which means she was most likely a part because she had pull enough to actually get his ear to tell him to hold back on taking out Osama bin Laden. She's that powerful that she had him go, hold on, let's talk about this. So she has a part of this whole assassination of Muammar Gaddafi, takes out, destabilizes uh, Libya. Libya, where they have open market slave trades. Open market. Africans selling Africans. Where's the outrage? So you want to get, you feel bad for her because she got, she had a picture of her looking like the Planet of the Apes, man. That woman is dark arts, dude. And that shit's all done on purpose. It is all social engineering, dude. Psyops. They get us all the fight fighting. with each other, They want dude. us fighting. We are more alike than we are different, dude. There has been institutional racism with the black community on top of that. And that's why I always say to people, what you're saying is right. Blacks have been treated like complete shit by the power establishment. But on top of that, white, there are white people born into this country into a world of shit. Dude, the UN did a study uh, uh, several months ago that there are parts of the United States that are in third world country conditions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, travel. If travel you go to San Bernardino, if you go a yeah. couple exits in the wrong direction, you're not in America anymore. Oh, yeah, dude. It is, it is, I mean, West Virginia is a largely white state. 50% yeah. unemployment. And this isn't me going, the white man struggled. I'm not saying that. I'm saying what Sam is saying, which is yeah. the, the poor in this country, it's everybody. Yeah. You know, the opioid epidemic is devastating West Virginia. There's there's contaminated water. There's 50% unemployment. And it's like, 
And then we're, we're supposed to believe that we're different, that the whites and blacks can't get along. They want us to fight that way. And it's like everyone has been screwed over. Yeah. Everyone has no opportunities. And they want you to either join an inner city gang or the fucking clan or a militia because they want us and all these heavily armed teams fighting with each other. Yeah. It's the same goddamn model. Why, why, does, why does a young Muslim guy join ISIS or Al-Qaeda? Because he's broke. He yeah. has no fucking education. No, no economic opportunities. No. Nothing. Nothing. I know. I talked to investigators when I did. I did three I, tours in Iraq, and some of the investigators and I did, went to Afghanistan three times too. And they said, "You know how many of these young guys we got? They couldn't even read. We taught them how to read, and that, that was the first time they read the Quran. And they were like, oh, it's all about peace and taking care of everybody.' So the people that are in power go find just like a poor kid in the hood who's on the block, and and where are those drugs? Are those drugs? Is the crack and cocaine? Is it grown in in South Central?" Where the fuck is it coming from? Yeah. It's we, put here. Yeah. Yep. I mean, dude. And then I, and we're going to wrap it up here. But and then watch these stupid fucking TV shows that tell you to award not. Award shows are bullshit. Yep. They're all bullshit. bullshit. Oh, man. Nobody knows who won this stuff. We've had this company guarding the results. Oh, really? So who's counting? So we don't know the actual vote. We're taking your word for it, right. Oscars, on that these people fucking won. Also, the guy who did a movie that nobody watched about being a fucking pedophile and falling in love with a 17-year-old magically won. Won this award? Are you fucking serious? Right. And then we have this guy Tech Nine Six Nine or whatever his Tekashi name is Six Nine Takashi Six Nine. That music sucks, but he's the top six songs on Billboard. Really? How do we know that? Are you just telling us this? Right. Because now this is going back to the old gang. Ba- hey, hey, ethnic kid, gang banging's cool. Yep. Being in a gang's cool. Shooting each other's fucking cool. Hey, Snowflake on FX, man. Whoa, dude. We're going to do a story about crack back in the day. How cool is it? This guy got all the pussy, dude. And he ran the drug game, dog. That is real shit, dude. Look at the heroes. And now some of these are great shows. But Breaking Bad... Mad Men, great, great, great acting, Anti. but the hero is an anti-hero. He's a bad dude. It started dude. with Tony Soprano. Yes. It started, man, and if I watched three seasons in a row one time, and I shit you not, I thought I was Italian. I'm like getting all like, <laughs> hey, and I was like, this shit got into me. I was about to start hitting people with ice buckets and, hey, where's my money? Well, when I, when I binge watch those shows, I get in a bad mood. I'm depressed because I'm like, and it's weird because I grew up watching another form of propaganda, which was the cop show where the white guy's the hero, always gets the bad guy, right? That's another form of propaganda, but it was always the Steve McGarrett and, you know, uh, Captain Kirk, white guy was the hero, good looking dude. Well, is this, is this propaganda in and of itself or is this just a result of the conditioning we're all subjected to well i think it's done i think it's done on purpose i think there are are people from very i mean like roseanne gets canceled Mm. if that lets you know it's all bullshit in a medium that's dying when when five multinational conglomerates own 95 percent of all the media Mm -hmm. i just have a hard time saying oh it's just this is what's popular yeah, I right, just, right, I just right, feel right. like they're going. So you got the script about socialism and helping the poor, but you got the script about gang banging dog yeah. and getting them bitches. Yeah, and buying shit, yeah. and just being a fucking shallow fuckstick. I'm yeah. gonna buy your yeah. script, mm-hmm. and you see it happen all the time. Look at the puppet Modern Family. They're all just. It's funny, sure. They're vapid. They don't give a fuck about anything. They don't fight for any cause. They're yeah. all selfish. 
So the, a great example is a friend of mine had a show on T- MTV. Him and this other comic who happened to be female had a show on MTV. His show hit all the numbers. All the numbers you needed to get renewed. This other comics didn't come close. Who got? Who do you think got renewed? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's, it's social engineering. Yeah. Done on purpose to create astroturfing to get people to fight with each other, and then what? You watch these fucks in this town buy into. I had to, you know, a friend of mine put out a tweet about what, uh, uh, what's it called? White, um, white privilege. Mm-hmm. She's a white chick. She put out white white privilege isn't about a blah blah blah. It's about you don't have to deal with being. And I, and I tweet her. I go, dude, you're from Michigan. You see what people are being born into. Right. They're born into a world of shit. Do you think those people have any white fucking privilege? Mm-hmm. This is a psyop that you're falling for. And these opportunists who want to use this to outrage themselves into their dreams push this agenda. Mm-hmm. Because it's its own cottage industry, the outrage industry. Making money on outrage. Oh, I heard Joe Rogan say it. He goes, people go online to just sort of be, uh, uh, how did he put it? Pa- not, um, not passively outraged, but just like... Uh, Ah, what was the term? It was a really awesome term. God, fuck. How did he say it? Oh, recreationally outraged. Yeah. He goes, yeah. I just, oh, I'm going to go. Oh, today I'm going to go get outraged. I'm going to get out my phone and, oh, here's something to get outraged about. Yeah, ah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to tweet and hashtag yeah. that, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, who's going to be outraged today are the redheads because we didn't let them talk for the <laughs> yeah, show. Only one of us is covered smart, a lot so. of ground. We covered a lot of ground. Well, it was. Well, I hope today really people, people would realize that, you know, we are more alike than we are the same. And that when these guys come into town, you guys should go and see them because I think they're going to talk about things you agree with. And maybe it's not every point you agree with. And we, that's within the community. We see it within conspiracy communities. If we don't 100% agree on anything, there's outrage. No, we agree with more than we disagree. We're more alike than we are different. And let's celebrate those things and come together. And one more time, where can they grab tickets to this? June 20 through the 24th, you can go to romplicone.com or grahamelwood.com. We have ticket links to all the shows. Come out. It is, like Sam said, it's a community. It's a fun night. It's activism. It's a political rally. You won't feel like, oh, I'm just crazy, truth seeker. You know, I'm all alone and I'm nuts. No, you're going to meet other people in your town and in your community. So come check it out. Guys, thanks for coming on. Anytime you guys got more stuff to talk about and anytime you want to go deep into the murky waters of conspiracies. We'd love to have you on, guys. Good luck on the tour, and thanks for coming out. Thanks, Thanks. man. We'll see you guys next time. Nice. Dude, it's fun. Like, we...